our guest for today is Chirag Mandot. From being a data science intern in a four-member company to becoming a director in three years with 108-member team, he has proved his leadership skills. In this episode, we cover his undergrad to master's journey, his professional growth and his big move to India to manage a company in a very different space. Listen to this episode to learn from his journey and I bet it's an insightful one. We are three friends who met in college and now are working in diverse fields across the globe. Curious to know about what our friends are up to. So here we are, connecting, talking and learning from our friends. In this podcast, we are sharing extraordinary insights from our not-so-ordinary friends, working in various industries and sharing their stories and their journey so far. These are your hosts, Hiloni Punathar, Adit Kothari, and Tapran Desai. And this is What The Hat. Subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss on any episodes. I've had the pleasure of working with Chirag for the first two years of my engineering. And, you know, like I was reading this leadership book and they asked to do this exercise where list out the people that you know who are great leaders. Uh, and, you know, when I was listing out, I was thinking through and uh, like number one was Mandot. And the second is far, uh, you know, the second person is far from what leadership qualities that Mandot has. So, yeah, like uh, it, it, I, it was absolutely amazing working uh, with you in, in college also. <laughs> that's flattering that's flattering <laughs> thank you so much wow i think for me also the first interaction was in the first year i think when uh, you were leading that whole departmental wards for it and we had this whole flex uh, creation and i think since then uh, one thing that you had was you were very encouraging to new ideas and very open to accepting them and getting them to like roll out as soon as possible and that's kind of what was my first impression of you. Uh, definitely the leadership quality, but also like a lot of motivation from your end and the belief in the other person, which makes it easier for the person who actually has to execute it. Right. I remember uh, the departmental awards and I uh, I know that IT didn't win that award in a long, long time or maybe never. And I had decided to And then I got you guys like Heloni and Atit and I mean you guys had uh, Atit you were the co-captain right you and Heloni right 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 I mean it was crazy I, st- I still like I've done so many things in life but that is like if you if I had to list top three uh, I list it like right below Pulse I list uh, the IT departmental wars like that was one hell of a journey <laughs> Tell us, why did you decide engineering and why DJ? So this um, engineering from the start, like in my family, not uh, like before me, there was only one person who was like, uh, did engineering before me and actually did uh, like did masters after that. And he's my cousin. He's already in US. And uh, I was in like in sixth grade and I was looking up to him. So somehow it was implicit that, okay, chalo engineering karna hai. And uh, so I was in Rajasthan before uh, moving to Mumbai. Like I did my schooling in Rajasthan. Then I actually did my high school from Pune. And then I came to Mumbai for engineering. And uh, it was obvious because of my brother, engineering karna. And then somehow my aptitude was towards that. I liked tinkering with things. I liked playing with those uh, electronic games and everything. So it was somehow obvious. 
and then i went to pune attempted for iit uh, didn't prepare well so obviously didn't get it then i didn't prepare well for cet as well so i i don't think a lot of people know but i had a drop uh, before joining dj so like i had an average cet score but i couldn't get admission because uh, i wasn't domiciled in maharashtra so you need a domicile certificate like you have to be in maharashtra for 10 years to be able to get into any college in maharashtra so with my ct score i would like basically get my preference after the last ct score was applied so like in dj if the last application was 87 out of 200 my score if it's 150 it will count after the 87 so that was uh, disappointing so i had to basically wait the whole year and then i had to obviously uh, jugad if i and get my domicile certificate somehow and then apply again next year oh interesting i didn't know that you need to have like a domicile certificate uh and dj had the three sort of regulations oh yeah that was uh, but that was a good year like uh, the whole year i i did a lot of things during that year like i was in fact i was moving away from engineering and going into like commerce side exploring that as well because of peer pressure and you know taking a drop uh, is uh, in the sonar society uh, it's not <laughs> taken that well so but uh, i learned a lot like because i didn't have domicile i had to go through route of donation and everything so i was like taking lakhs of rupees in my crotch and going to colleges and uh, offering them to in their offices and all of that everybody has a pechan i was like trying to get through it but it didn't work out and i'm glad it didn't work out because uh, eventually i got into dj after that like i would have uh, gone to like thakur or maybe parshnath or some other college but uh, somehow i waited gave my cet again and then got into dj and then the best phase of my life began from there uh, that, that's awesome so uh, like tell us uh, your, your uh, journey through pulse and any lessons that you learned along uh, that festival uh, you know creating all the festival any lessons that you are still using oh yeah absolutely i think that uh, the it war the pulse i think those two are uh, those are the two big things which i did in my engineering and obviously made a lot of great friends so those are the three things which are my big takeaways not the technical stuff not the algorithms i read not the coding which i learned which i didn't learn a lot in my engineering but overall that like you know i did a lot of robotics project like starting as soon as i started day one there were like 15 people selling me robotics workshop robotics workshop hacking workshop you know about that right as soon as you enter the college they had this uh, ieee and um, all these uh, csi all these people were you know chipping like take this take that and uh, gladly i fell for one of those the robotics workshop for for ieee um i did that workshop it was like around 2000 rupees one of the best decision i did like i had friends like matle rc clean either over and somehow i took it that's where i found uh, like all the other friends who did uh, take that workshop and uh, from there it was like i learned it then i participated in all these uh, competitions robotics competitions like line followers and uh, uh, robot robo wars and everything and then eventually i participated in iit and uh, we we won a lot of prizes and actually that was the source of pocket money for rest of the rest of the engineering so you were actually you guys were actually winning and earning money from that yep so yeah lot of uh, so you participate in those colleges first 
price uh, you'll get cash price second and third you'll get goodie goodies and all those things so we were uh, like we won a lot in robowars like we had this uh, robot called pelwan we used to call it and we used to go to the all these colleges like we went to thakur once and uh, we literally like broke that robot apart like i mean the person so we were uh, there was like quarter finals then semi finals and then finals so we did quarter finals we broke that robot completely and then semi final guys said like we won't we don't want to fight you can go directly to finals and then we went to finals and then won from there so like you usually get like 3000 4000 rupees and we used to participate in a lot of competitions so that helped us a lot that's amazing so like before we ask something else like i wanted to know were you always interested in it or that was a choice you made based on your score uh in it that was a uh, score only based on score okay. like i would have taken extc uh, after that i would have taken computer science after that i would have taken it but uh, now like going back um, i think i made the right like i uh, computer science or it was the place i wanted to go yeah and it's uh, honestly it's easy compared to like it's easy with high reward i think computer science and it overall they're relatively easy with relatively higher reward yeah definitely we had that uh, what do you call that book i forgot question bank no fuck i forgot the name oh, easy so, easy solution easy solution yeah, yeah. so <laughs> people in extc <laughs> and electronics used to like read entire textbooks and people in it were like we've done every solution usme bhi ek do paper chhod diya and we are all good and everyone used to score good marks that was like amazing <laughs> oh yeah i have a very funny incident about that like uh, so i went to this bookstore i think 3 days before one of the exams i don't remember which one and i told him hey, give me that book and that book was like uh, that original american author book uh, which is like pura bada wala and he's like exam do din mai i'm like yeah so he took out the easy solution ke ye lo wo rehne do i'm like okay <laughs> so i basically took that easy solution like nahi hoga do din mai nahi pad paunga beta wow I had completely forgotten about easy solution. <laughs> How can you? I think you they were our saviors at that point of time. I exactly. Because we have so many books to read with the amount of things we were doing in the extra curriculum, it would have been very difficult. Yeah, and I mean, for uh, in engineering, like it's the things which you do. Like it gives you that good ecosystem. You have friends. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. So I would say, like you know, get into those competitions and try those. Get into these festivals. get into uh, whether it's paper presentation or you know writing papers or whatever uh, apart from academics get into all these things because we don't have a curriculum where you actually get a lot of practical hands on so this is the only way to actually uh, get into any of that so i mean coming back to you taking up a lot of responsibilities being from uh, like holding robotic workshops to the whole uh, departmental wars to like pulse what have what has been like your major challenges that you faced at that point of time and like how, what was your process to like break them down and navigate through them hmm. so biggest challenge was like managing people right you are working with so many different people uh, they have different ideas they have different personalities so making sure uh, especially if you are higher up in the position it's uh, very important that you keep everyone happy and they are giving their best performance so that was initially challenging but overall the team was supportive so i could learn uh during that time only but uh, i i was usually very adamant with my idea like okay ye karna hai matlab karna hi hai so somehow and people like that so they uh, you know went along with it but uh, overall it's all about managing 
managing uh, like you know 15 people they all have their own lives going on how do you make sure that you get the best out of them was extremely challenging but by the end of it uh, i think i learned a lot in that process and like were you always like even in school were you always like taking up leadership roles or it is something that you picked up during dj just by part of the time i yeah that's a very good question so like till 11th 12th um i think i was very underconfident like i was never uh, really outgoing uh, and all of then if i would have got an engineering right after i would have been that guy but i think the drop actually you know slapped me as like okay dude you got to do something and then when i like the day when i walked into dj sanghi i'm like i'm i have to do something so from that point on uh, i think i got my confidence in dj like early on i was sure like i have to do something and i was always like so the pulse chairman thing right so uh, i was sitting uh, it's uh, what's that uh, the annual day so annual day the pulse chair person actually gives a speech right so i was sitting with my friends in the BG, no what was that hall uh, wait where, where do we have our annual festival i forgot the name as well bagu banana no, no, no. bhai das hall bhai das hall yeah yeah, yeah. It's like huge hall, right? Uh, it's like half full. We're sitting all the way to the back, and I'm like, "Dude, वहाँ पे खड़े रहके speech देना है मेरे को कुछ भी हो जाए ऐसा." So like, I decided to करना ही है, and that's why all the effort into winning the department of was because I know that was a gateway into you know you have to show your seniors that okay, this person uh, has something. And basically, at the end, I I don't think I left them a choice कि कोई और है ऐसा. So yeah, I got my confidence in DJ and DJ. that's one thing which i don't think a lot of other colleges have like that ecosystem uh, those people you're surrounded with uh, i think that's uh, that's one of the best thing about dj like the friends i've made uh, it's like one of the best thing that has happened in my life so mando that was going to ask like um after getting through all the festivals after your third year like in your fourth year did you decide on sitting on placements how did you decide on going to the us what was your thought process So US, everybody was going around me was going to the US, right? Uh, so I did basic pros and cons. Like, chalo, agar India mein main ruka, to I'll have to take a job. I am not a good coder, so I'm not getting a big company. I'm getting a medium company, most likely TCS or Infosys or uh, uh, Capgemini. And I, I think I got Capgemini. Uh, I didn't get TCS, which was surprising. <laughs> and humiliating but yeah i didn't get the interview there because they take like they took 250 people that day and i didn't get it anyway so the job situation i knew that uh, there wasn't a lot into it like all the if you want to get a position in a top uh, tech startup then you have to be like really good and i spend most of my time managing and not in the technical stuff so i knew that i'm not going to get a good job technical job and the managerial job i just wasn't ready like i think uh, I could have went for it uh, if I had a good idea, but I wasn't ready to start something of my own right then. So then I thought, okay, let's. Uh, this is a good gateway, like you know, learning more, going to a new country. I mean, you'll get a lot of experience. So I did all those pros and cons, and I thought, uh, let's go to the USC. What happens? Uh, eventually, I was sure. Like the reason I did engineering was never to uh, be the you know uh, the engineering uh, guy or. really technical guy I always wanted to be uh, a leader and uh, do something like have my own business or uh, lead a business so that has always been there uh, in the background so the reason i wanted to do engineering reason i wanted to do masters was so that i know everything about technical stuff so that nobody can bullshit me 
so that was the whole thing like i don't want anybody when i'm running a company's like hey i cannot make this deadline or hey this is too difficult i'm like dude i know how difficult it is i've done it so that was the whole reason i went into the technical side um so how did you decide on like stony brook uh, the university what was your process uh i so i looked at the programs and uh, i applied to 10 colleges uh, i got into two and stony brook was one of them so i took stony brook i wasn't a big fan uh, of stony brook early on like there were other uh, colleges higher up in my list but i actually went for a lot of really ambitious ones uh, so i only got two but then when i went to stony brook uh, like if you're really into operating systems uh, this, uh, stony brook is like one of the best colleges and also i wanted to go for a state university i didn't want to go for uh, ivy league or you know usc where you're going to be spending a lot so i didn't want that i wanted something cheaper so stony brook was right there in the middle like they had a really good computer science program and uh, they had uh, they were known for operating system like i i thought okay i mean it could be fun but in the end i realized that that's something which i know for sure i never want to do it in my life so yeah but the data science also like it was upcoming over there so a lot of good uh, teachers were there uh, once i joined so it was like okay uh, decision going into it but then uh, at the end it came out pretty well for me how was the transition like did you know anyone while going to stony brook so uh, yeah so that was one thing nobody uh, i didn't have any friends before going to stony brook and i actually wanted it that way uh, cuz dj you always knew everybody around you and everything was like really mumbaiish right uh, there is a thing called mumbaiish like uh, people are extremely helpful like mumbai people are extremely helpful you just know each other you can talk about common things and i thought you know let's get out of that comfort zone uh, i wanted to go out of that comfort zone like the other college i had there were a few friends going over there i could have gone there easily there wasn't a lot of difference between the two but i thought you know uh, let's go there let's make new friends let's meet people from all the different states and let's get that new experience um, it was a little bit challenging because uh, i mean uh, you get you're used to people helping you maybe not mumbai overall but in dj you're so used to people helping you and supporting you you know from everywhere right that's not the case uh, everywhere in the country so like when you go there it wasn't like apparently they okay yeah, if i need something somebody's going to help me it wasn't the case so i had to like ask for it understand different new type of people my roommate was um, he was doing phd in computer science and he was like extremely weird but then um, now we are really good friends uh, like he was weird in the sense like you know sheldon and big bang theory he was like that okay and he was so so like him and then you have to like i mean big bang theory first time when you're watching it you you don't really get it uh, i like i didn't get it uh i didn't understand sheldon as much but then when you watch it again you like you're in love with that guy because you understand okay this is how that guy is so this was my roommate like he was from karnataka uh, phd guy he's writing algorithms day in day out he is eating like anything he's just putting stuff together and things are uh, on in the kitchen open for like two days he's still eating those things it doesn't matter for him he's like doing that computer science thing but we would interact a lot and he would just ask questions like he continuously like he just bombards you with questions like okay why this why that okay why like his reasoning was so much and he taught me a lot about you know how to have a discussion and not an argument how to present your uh, thoughts uh, carefully so he helped me a lot in communication overall 
and I helped him get into the fun side of life. Like he, we had a call uh, two weeks ago. He's like, uh, he was thanking me for showing the better side of the world. Like you know, we we had few parties and uh, he was <laughs> being very thankful for that. So it was overall, it was fun. Uh, but uh, the technical side, like the studying part, I actually had to do it. So <laughs> that I wasn't prepare for that like it's actually extremely difficult like you going into it i'm like theek hai nikal diye 4 saal to ye bhi koi badi baat nahi hogi but no man you had to study you had to do your homeworks like it was extremely difficult uh, and i didn't like all the subjects like operating system was something which i didn't like at all like that's something which i never want to do in my life and i'm 100% sure about that so like i used to exchange assignments with somebody having like data data mining class and we used to do exchange assignments sometimes but uh, overall i didn't like the studying part so much but uh, that was the only gateway into the us so it was a good experience i made a lot of good friends uh, and actually studied a lot in the technical aspect how how different was like if you had to compare mumbai university education that you got versus the way you kind of studied obviously like if even if you didn't like the subject i believe there was other way of learning for you in stony brook like you have like any comparison as to how different is it uh, to learn in the us so one thing was uh, the people around you were different like they actually they were they wanted to study and every single one of them was there to study and they were only there to study they were not there to uh, have fun or joke around they wanted to study so the competition was really high and a lot of people had a good experience so like people around you overall the talent pool was i was like probably in like bottom 10% of the talent pool which i was not used to like even uh, in dj uh, i didn't have a lot of technical knowledge i was never in like bottom 10% i knew my stuff so that was a surprising factor so so one point is the talent pool around you technically is going to be completely different uh, the second is uh, obviously the teaching uh, they go really deep like when they're teaching in class it's actually not that uh, difficult like okay yeah it this makes sense but when they give you homework and i mean there is nothing out there like you cannot just google and submit your assignment and even if you google you'll probably be caught in plagiarism and you'll be fined or uh, i mean you'll miss a semester so like it's extremely strict over there so you actually have to study do your assignments so it takes uh, takes the work which is not the case uh, in india and obviously the teachers who are teaching they are like extremely qualified like they've done phd's or maybe two phd's they worked on uh, researches they're working on something unique they actually don't even want to teach you they just want to focus on their research like the teaching is all right they the research is something which they are interested in so overall the quality is completely different and in india also i think it would be different uh in some of the colleges i didn't find that in dj like you know the technical they don't go uh, that much in details it's not that difficult uh, maybe in the iits and nits it's uh, it's different did you also do uh, continue your cultural committee stuff uh, while at stony brook no i gave that up over there i am like okay i'm here uh, the people around me nobody wanted that uh, so i'm like i didn't want to be that guy i'm like okay i'm going to study now uh, actually after dj i decided okay cuz i uh, did a lot of that i'm like uh, maybe i missed out on the technical stuff so let me just focus on that uh, obviously there were opportunities uh, coming around me i'm like should i do it uh, maybe i should do it and then i'm like no 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 uh, uh, it was very tempting but uh, i didn't do any of that in 
match. And honestly, there was no time. And especially with Stony Brook, it's relatively difficult because you have to take like uh, four courses in first two semesters because of New York rules. So it's extremely hectic, hectic in the first two uh, semesters. So you don't, you cannot do much. And the third semester is light, but anyway, it's too late. Third semester, you're just chilling. And we actually finish in three semesters. Uh, very few people actually go for the fourth one. And uh, I'm assuming like Stony Brook uh, is in a small town, right? So uh, coming uh, coming from Mumbai, how was that? Like, did did you miss Mumbai or the nightlife or uh, any of those elements? Uh, actually, um, I only stayed in Mumbai for five years, right before uh, going to US. So I stayed in uh, uh, that small place in Rajasthan, my hometown. So then I've, I then I went to Pune. So I stayed there for two years. So Mumbai I stayed for five years. So I'm honestly, you cannot call that you know typical Mumbaiker. So I was like that emotions people have about Mumbai. Uh, I don't have all of it. Like I have. <laughs> part emotion so that wasn't a big transition for me i see people around me some of them were from mumbai and they're like dude they missed this or i mean i i missed vadapav and sekuri and all of that but other than that it wasn't a big transition i actually liked it all right so you don't resonate with mumbai is a city bombay is a feeling so that no not completely a yeah. uh, little bit uh, my wife uh, uh, likes that like she's that kind of person because she's uh, She's been in Mumbai from birth, so maybe that's why. So that's it. So Mandar, like, uh, uh, your master's was in computer science, right? So like, how did you like? Did you choose on data science in particular? Like, was it your major or something like that, or that was something you were interested in? So uh, when you're doing masters, you have like these buckets. At least in Stony Brook, you have these three buckets, which you have to take at least one of the courses in those buckets, and after that, you can choose whatever you want. So before going into going for masters, I didn't know much about data science. I didn't know about machine learning. Like I read articles. We had AI in uh, IT, but it was like completely different from uh, what is actually out there. Like the concepts are the same, but the practical stuff is completely different. So when I looked at the courses, I really liked like look going into the data. Uh, I thought I belonged there. Uh, it's fun to look at the data. There is always so much to explore. There's so much creativity. It's like you know you're you're working on a painting or you're composing something like or editing a movie. Like you can do so many things with that data. Um, so I like that a lot. Uh, then that's why I decided like okay, I'll, I took data mining in my first semester, and uh, I thought okay, let's do this. Uh, I did. Then I took data mining. There was a data science course. There was a machine learning course. Uh, there was data processing course, so I took all of those courses, and then I was also taking Coursera courses, and that's when I decided, okay, this is it. Uh, I want to get into data science for sure. Okay, that's interesting. And then, like, were you doing any internships while you were studying there in data science? So I had a job uh, which was uh, just to get myself through. I did a website job, but that wasn't related. But that was uh, while on campus. During internship, uh, so that's where I got into analytics, the startup I'm working for right now. Also, uh, they had uh, they had an opening. There were only like five six people back then, and I was applying for jobs. And I got to, uh, introduced via via uh, my cousin I was talking about. He introduced me to the founder of the company, and uh, they were hiring at the time. Uh, I think they were a year and a half old uh, that time. They're like, uh, are you interested? 
I like I asked them like I'll interview for the position and I'm interested in data science not the software engineering part. They are like okay why don't you come for the interview? The interview was pretty straightforward. Uh, they looked at my resume, some of the work, the coursework I did. They like, okay yeah let's try him on for internship. Uh, I made sure that I gave my best. The day one like I was uh, the last to leave the office and uh, the guy who was leaving before me was like okay don't burn yourself out on day one. I'm like uh, no it's fine and like I made sure that you know I'm making my leaving my mark during the internship so I was pretty sure like before uh, leaving I had a full time job offer so when I joined we were like I think six or seven people uh, during my internship when I came back after four months we were around 12 people so it was pretty small and uh, now the company has around um, 180 people wow that's a massive success story for the company i mean you you would have transitioned from being an intern to i believe uh you were at a very high position uh, by the time you planned to move to india right right yeah i uh, so three years i worked as a data scientist uh, we like we were growing so you basically do a lot of things uh, which in a normal company you wouldn't uh, whether it's hiring onboarding people talking to clients talking to the software team so you do all of that uh, you're wearing multiple hats uh, so you get a lot of experience you're talking to the ceo uh, like later in my years i i was like uh, i was reporting to him directly so there was a lot of learning from him and uh, there was a position like okay we have, we are growing so we need a director of data science and uh, i'm like okay let, let me ask for it and they're like yeah go for it so like that's the kind of thing which can happen like you're not uh, going through that hierarchy you're not you're, you're not like you have to put in two years here two years here um in any other big company like the director position is going to take time like doesn't matter how skilled you are it's going to take at least 6 uh, 7 years to get to that position if not more um i think i worked for two and a half three years and i was promoted to that position then i uh, led the team uh, for that and i'm actually still in that position i'm not uh, working full time i'm working part time but i'm in that position Uh, you just asked for like okay i see there is a data uh, you are looking for a director of data analytics and uh, i think i am qualified is that is that how the conversation so that's yeah that's exactly so i during this conversation i remembered uh, you remember harsh swaminarayan i think we do like we all work together yeah, right? yeah. harsh swaminarayan so uh, during uh, uh, dj we were doing this ic engine project and that the cost was around 30000 rupees which is a big amount like we had to get ng- uh, order the engine from the us to actually build it to participate in iit iit uh, festival so they uh, i'm like should we ask for uh, the money and uh, but 30000 was a big amount so we weren't sure if dj is going to sponsor us so i was talking to swami is like okay uh, just write a proposal and ask for it and it's it's actually a very simple thing it's like just ask for it the max they'll say is no right so right. i did that and we got the money like everything we asked for we asked for 35000 and there was some uh, deal and some clauses which we had to follow like the robot will stay in dj and i think it did at the end but uh, and that was that that's the thought which came into my mind and uh, okay let me ask for it and uh, i got it so <laughs> uh, just ask for it whatever you want that's amazing did yeah. you feel like uh, an uh, did you have any sort of imposter syndrome or any of that so my ceo had a lot of confidence in me that's one so that was very reassuring the second thing was i think i was 
qualified for director more than the data science position because like that involves like you know you're 50 percent you're doing the management and then rest you're spending technical stuff as a data scientist you're doing 100 percent data science right uh, there was a need during that time and I, I was pretty confident that I should be able to do it and everyone was really supportive of that move at the company. Interesting. And like how many people do you manage right now as director of data science? So my team right now, uh, last year it was big, like that's the thing which happens in startup, right? And there was a point where I was like managing 18 people because like we just grew and grew and grew and we didn't have people to uh, manage those people or to come up with those hierarchy. But now, uh, with the restructuring and everything, there are like seven data scientists I'm managing. And like, what does uh, analytics, right? Analytics do? Like, yeah, what, analytics. Yeah, what do they do? So, it's a uh, software and a data science platform. So, we are building a data science platform which all the companies can use. So, you must have seen uh, like AWS, it's, uh, it contains a lot of things, but AWS is a good example, or uh, Microsoft. Uh, the machine learning package in Microsoft or uh, AlterX or uh, um, Spark, all these things, like all these are different platforms to do data science, right? We are building our own platform. That's one part of analytics. The second part is uh, we also consult with customers. So we have a lot of clients uh, like uh, from like big 500 uh, companies as well as small banking clients. What we do is we take their data, we consult with them, we solve their problem using data science and uh, improve their business. So there are two sides of that. Now, uh, with the company has grown now, so we also do like uh, managed IT, so like providing cloud platforms for all the uh, companies, uh, manage their IT infrastructure, security, and all of that. So like we, our goal is to provide that end-to-end -end service. Like you come in, uh, you have a place where you can store your data, you have a place where the security and all these protocols are in place, you have a cloud where you can store whatever you want, then you have a platform where you can munge your data and create a good data set out of it, uh, which you can use for analytics. Then you have an analytics platform, a data science platform, which your data scientist or our data scientist can use to give you results, which can optimize your business. And then you have a place where you can visualize and communicate that information. So it's like complete end to end. That's our goal. That's what we are going for. That's what kind of plans do you have? Anyone that we would uh, have heard of yeah whirlpool is one of the big clients uh, then uh, am general is uh, one of the big like i i worked a lot with the whirlpool account spelling bee uh, is hosted by this news company uh, scripts yeah scripts host spelling bee so they are one of our clients a lot of banks a lot of manufacturing companies are our client uh, a lot of healthcare companies like oncology practices are our clients so, and the good thing about uh, like working in a startup is like I got to work on all of the data, like wherever the need was, I has to go there, uh, work on those projects. So you get to learn so much about the industry by looking into the data. Any interesting insights? So uh, working, uh, we worked on a really big project with uh, one of the appliance companies and we were working with uh, natural language processing related things. So a lot of, data scientists are working on these cool technologies uh, like deep learning models and, you know, beating Go and uh, uh, self-driving cars and all of that. I mean, those algorithms are really good uh, as in the individually, but the trick about applying those in a business sense and making sure there are business outcomes which are measurable, it's a completely different ballgame. Like the impact is, I mean, those algorithms are great. Like don't... Uh, Take, uh, take it that no, they are not uh, good enough. They are really good. They are very effective. 
but combining it and making sure that it's applicable to the business and making sure you're convincing the managers and everybody else in the company that it is going to work and they are going to fund that particular project that is uh, extremely challenging and that's one of the things uh, that's why like uh, things don't grow as much in all the other fields as well but that is extremely challenging making them understand what data science is why is it different from what uh, is in place already and uh, how like making sure it's measurable like that's sounds very simple right okay yeah uh, okay we'll do this project depending on the accuracy we'll save this much money but it's not like there's so many things affecting uh, uh like our health like there's so many things which are affecting right so you might be working out very well but at the same time you're like chugging beers every day so like is it working is it not working and there are like 15 other factors you're eating so many things so it's always very difficult to pinpoint okay did it work because of data science or did it work because of some other tool they purchased so that was a big challenge so uh, let's take a step back and uh, uh, tell us what exactly a data scientist uh, do like what do they do magic just kidding <laughs> <laughs> so data science is about uh, taking data from all these varied sources uh, so like you're pulling from cloud you're pulling from someone's system you're pulling public data so get all of that data together okay and then combine that data uh, like clean that data join that data and the most important part is featureizing it like building features out of it so building features like you know you you want to groom the data so that it's ready for whatever the problem is ahead and like i was thinking of this analogy where for example you groom yourself if you're going for a date you groom yourself differently as compared to if you're going for a business event you groom yourself differently so featureizing is that you take that data you groom it differently depending on what the business outcome is what the uh, model machine learning model you're going to apply on it so that is the most important thing in data science i feel like obviously you apply models and all of that featureizing a data set and then after that on top of that you'll apply all these machine learning deep learning models to solve a particular business function so it could be like just getting plain accuracy or you're trying to optimize a particular revenue outcome or you want to optimize the take rate whatever that is so taking that data cleaning it uh, joining everything together into one big data set featureizing it to bring uh, the features like really you know enhance that data set and then applying the right machine learning model like there's so many things you can do like you can get into the possibility where you can try things like for your whole life and things won't work out so that's the trick of a data scientist applying the right model on the right data set uh, with the right metric in mind and then uh, the most important part is making sure you can communicate the findings to the client or anybody you, the end customer is right that communication part is also very important like you don't want a highly accurate model all the time like i have lot of data scientists in my team like extremely smart they'll come with the most accurate model but the client wants to know that okay why is it uh, why is this person going to take this product with so such a high confidence tell me that and we cannot answer that i'm like so we would go with a different model like if you're going for a neural neural network then you cannot answer that you'll get extremely high accuracy but you won't be able to answer that but at the same time if you're applying like random forest or xg boost you should you can do things to be able to okay these are the features contributing to it so the communication part is also very important um so i i 
I think I said a lot of things. So I'll just, you know, compile everything. Like get the data from varied sources, clean it, join it together, featureize it. Extremely important part. Make sure you know the right model which you need to apply. Uh, communicate that right findings to the client and make sure you're not going for the highly accurate model. You need to go for the model which will give you the uh, quick and uh, maximum business outcome. So uh, I think, uh, I mean, right now, uh, in terms of education uh, and kind of courses that students want to pick up, uh, probably after digital marketing, I think data science is one of the most chosen careers right now with a lot of uh, current generation studying so uh, what is your like takeaway on like is engineering like a mandate to be very good at data science or or even like a commerce grad or anybody can pick it up and then learn it more further so data science has three three things like statistics is one part of it um, then all these machine learning models knowing about those is another part and the third part is uh, computer science, like having the knowledge of basic computer science, coding, all of that. So you can go from commerce, you have good maths background. A lot of people do, like uh, they code in R, uh, a lot of people code in Python. So like uh, uh, usually people from mathematics background, they will go uh, for R. Uh, they don't have a lot of coding background, so they can build a model, but if you want to put it in production, uh, that becomes a challenge for them. So it's always better to go from engineering background, but I, in my team, I have people from uh, applied maths. Like I have two people from applied maths and I mean, they are extremely good uh, at what they do. And they did learn the computer science skills very well. Uh, I would say that for being a successful data scientist, make sure you know, have a good knowledge of computer science. You don't have to be an engineer for that. You can get it from online courses if you want, but make sure you know about computer science you know about statistics and obviously you know about data and data engineering and machine learning uh, overall. And and do you consider data visualization as part of data science? I, we, I actually didn't do a lot of visualization um, like business analysts uh, in our industry right now, business analysts do a lot of that. The, the goal of data science is so that you don't have to visualize. We don't want a person looking at data to find insights. We want our algorithm to find the insights and tell you exactly what to do. So that's why uh, we, we I, I mean, I did visualization, but not a lot. So I don't think it's like, uh, I would say it's like five on 10 in terms of importance. Makes sense. And uh, going back to analytics, like I have used Alteryx, right? So analytics has a similar interface where you can just drag and drop uh, things on your uh, data and then you can get outcome from that. Yes, it's uh, it has a similar. I mean, Alteryx is one of the competitors. Like I've studied Alteryx a lot to see what they are offering and what we offer. So it is very similar. Yeah, there is a drag and drop. You are combining everything together to build a workflow. Um, they have some advantages. We have some advantages. Obviously, they have advantage. They're a publicly traded company with probably like multi billion dollars valuation right now. Uh, I own some of the stocks of Alteryx because I mean, they're good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, something like that. You're right. Okay. Yeah, like uh, so in PwC, they had, last year they started this uh, initiative where everyone had to learn Alteryx and Tableau. So that's how I picked mm-hmm. up on Alteryx. They started offering certifications and things like that. Before that, I'd never heard about Alteryx. So I had no idea. Right. I, they are one of the leading ones in the market right now. But the end of, end-to-end thing which I was talking about, that doesn't fit in there. Uh, that's not what they're selling. Exactly, like, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, our CEO says that you throw the like. I mean, you have to throw a particular type of party, and then people who want to be in that party they'll come. Like you select the music, you select the booze, whatever it is. Like you want, if you're putting reggae music, then you'll get different kind of people. If you're putting rock, you get different kind of people. Because I always tell me like, why are we not building this? He's like, Chirag, we are throwing a different kind of party. It's not exactly the same party, so it's all right. I'm like, okay, makes sense. So, what does your day-to-day look like? Like, are you more on the managing side? Are you talking to clients, or are you like working on the data and building stuff? No, I I talk with clients a lot, and that's I think one of my uh, uh, strong points. Like communicating those findings, making sure like we're not getting too technical in things. Like it's very easy. Like you come from a uh, geeky background it's very easy to get too technical and you're extremely happy inside like okay yeah i know my shit and all of that but the client doesn't understand any of that so yes i do talk to a lot uh, client a lot and uh, i think i do a good job there so any tips to uh, do that not get more technical and be more uh, clear about uh, the, the ideal goal uh, do you have any tips of how to not get into uh, too technical stuff yeah keeping it simple that's the key like keep it extremely simple extremely businessy like okay start with uh, okay use our saving 6 million dollars this year like start there okay then get into okay what are the factors which they actually understand so they understand their business way way better than we do like there is never going to be a case where we understand their business better Like if I'm talking to a VP of marketing, she knows what's going on, or he knows what's going on, right? Uh, so what I know best is okay. I'm going to be able to get you these hundred customers, and they'll buy your product with eighty percent accuracy. So I start there. Like, what is the business outcome? What are you getting? Then I get into the reason they're getting is because of these six things. Like, don't say I train this neural network model for twelve hours on a GPU. uh with the accuracy of 86% they don't care about that you tell them in terms of the language they understand so always like every word you're picking make sure do they understand do they know this do they know aoc roc do they know uh, this particular ratios or averages or models no they don't so you pick their language and you communicate in that language and then you get under the hood like some people are interested like you just you you don't want to leave it out you want them to like you want to impress them But you want to throw it in there later. Like once they are sold, you say, "Okay, yeah, we trained this on this GPU, um, and it runs for like 16 hours. It's crunching millions of rows and all of that." And they're like, "Oh, wow, that makes sense." If you go over that first, and then you say, ah, "Our model, uh, it's not there yet. Maybe uh, in next six months, we'll be able." To, they're not going to give you the business, right? And uh, in US now, it's very difficult to read the client. Like they're so nice. Everybody's nice there, right? Nobody's going to be like, "Hey, what are you talking about? I don't understand." It's not, it's not apparent on their face. Also, like here, if you're talking to somebody, or maybe some other country, maybe Russia, like they'll let you know that they don't understand any of it. But in US, you're never like you can give the shittiest present in your life, shittiest presentation in your life, and they'll still be like, "Yeah, thanks, good job, see ya." And then obviously they they won't come back to you, but they'll be very nice there. So it's very hard to get a read on them. Yeah, totally. And if you if you, if you actually get a read on them, then uh, you did a bad bad job. <laughs> She can actually see it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you mentioned that uh, you you work for uh, the uh, company in US uh, part time. So what what uh, other things are you working on right now? So I moved to uh, 
इंडिया मुंबई सिक्स मंथ्स अगो फैमिली इमरजेंसी सो नाउ आई एम टेकिंग केयर ऑफ माई ब्रदर्स बिजनेस इट्स अ कोचिंग इंस्टीट्यूट मयंग टूटोरियल्स so i'm working on that uh, running that and, and uh, at the same time i want to make sure that i'm doing the data science stuff keeping myself in loop with that so i'm doing both of that so one is the coaching institute uh, glorified way of saying that is uh, the education field uh, the other is uh, the data science uh, company i'm working for wow i think the experience of like working in india in a coaching institute uh, where you kind of have to deal with a lot of parents and a lot of uh, probably mix of educa- uh, educational trainers uh, and versus the the data science job which you did i think there is like a lot of difference between the two and the operational procedures for both so like how how did you like kind of get into this and manage uh, try to manage the inst- coaching institute as well while bringing some of your skill sets from your previous i mean your current work of data science it is difficult like you know you put it very right uh, it's completely different type of interaction like you're talking to parents you're having a different conversation you're managing uh, people differently who are living up to different standards um, there are a lot of pro- good things there are a lot of bad things it's very hands on um, and it's very trust based like you have to get their trust and you need to make sure that you're trusting them and uh, that comes with time like so that was challenging like you know talking to parents uh, they don't trust me um, i i don't trust everybody i i actually made mistakes of trusting people early on uh, which is which was a mistake i should not do that uh, here and i'm not used to that so that was a big problem like if you are in mumbai you have stayed in mumbai it comes natural to you you stay you go to us for 6 years things change like you by your default is okay i'm going to trust this guy i'm going to uh, okay whatever that person saying i'm going to agree with it uh, that's not the case in mumbai like you cannot trust people easily it comes with time there's a lot of hard work you have to put into it same same goes for yourself as well as the other party uh, so that's one thing uh, communication is different um, you're talking to them at different level uh, but it's not uh, it's not that challenging like it's very easy like you just have to be like very nice to them you have to understand them be very uh, empathetic to them and one good thing i saw is uh, like that uh, what do you call it that feeling you get like of accomplishment that's there like every single day you're talking to a parent uh, you're talking to that child and you're motivating it and that child scoring higher or the child wants to do a particular thing cuz i motivated that child to so they come back and they they will tell you that thank you sir because of this this happened because of this i chose this particular career so that is there like i still see so many people coming and telling me that because of uh, my brother like they are there because of that and there are so many people like uh, are associated with the company because of the work he did so um, that instant gratification is there for sure but at the same time it's very challenging like you are interacting uh, with a lot of people like i get so many phone calls now i've never gotten that many phone calls in 6 years of my life in us so i'm still getting used to the phone calls i'm getting and uh, or the second uh, thing is uh, the if you are a boss it's actually very easy to just impose everything on people which i'm not used to like i um, i'm very nice and staying in us i got even nicer so i'm saying please and like uh, and obviously there are two three people who are in the core group and they'll tell me sir why are you saying why are you even saying please 
I'm like, please to, okay, na? Matlab, please to bolte na. Like, nahi, sir, bolo, karna hai, matlab, karna hai, khatam. <laughs> like, don't ask them, like, just tell them. And I was never in that. Like, we used to discuss, take decisions together, and it's different here. Like, you just have to tell them, okay, I need this done. And you actually need to be that way. So all of that, like, I'm getting, a lot of it is I'm getting deja vu. And a lot of it is, like, I'm learning back again. Like, those skills you unlearn, and now I'm learning back. So it is uh, never a dull day. for sure like never a dull moment uh, but still learning a lot getting through it uh, there's a lot of anxiety every single day uh, but it's getting better every day makes sense and are you using your knowledge of data science in any way with your classes i should not cuz it's going to go over their head so not yet <laughs> like yeah you have this some such a thing as like you know uh, being too smart so that's how it, i'll be perceived if i do any of that but uh, in a different setting yes like how eventually like when i grow this particular brand even more uh, there's so much which can be done in the industry so yes eventually i'll be using a lot of data science knowledge uh, but not right now it's not needed so mandor like what advice do you have for people who are just starting off their business um, in india any Tell lessons that you've learned <laughs> give me advice <laughs> starting out right um uh, i'll tell you what i've learned in the process uh, i don't think i've learned a lot uh, but i'll tell you what uh, like my brother did it so i know what uh, what kind of person he was and the things he did to build something uh, which is like uh, huge and like just a small amount of time it's uh, a, doing it like you just do it you don't think about it you don't uh, just you know okay ha karunga and i'm that kind of person honestly like i have like uh, note which you can scroll for like literally 2 minutes uh, to read all my ideas like you can just keep scrolling and i have all these ideas which i've been writing for like last 7 years 8 years and i was scrolling through those uh, during the lockdown and a lot of them really good idea but i never did that and that's the thing which is lacking and uh, you just have to have that thing like you just have to do it either you do it or you don't like either you are in it or you are not that's it there is no middle ground you cannot have a middle ground you have to take those decisions you have to have that guts to do it and if you are that kind of person or if you think you can be that kind of person then uh, like you need that skill for sure no matter what there is nobody out there uh, building a successful business who just yeah okay kar lenge they just do it they don't talk about it uh, so and the other thing is you have to enjoy it like uh you cannot okay sab kar rahe tumhe bhi karna hai it's a cool thing no it's very important that you enjoy what you're doing like for some people it's just natural like that's the thing they want to get up and just do those things talk to people all of that and for some it's not so you have to make sure that what kind of person you are and if you are that person then just go for it things will work out for sure that's always the case like things will work out you'll never feel so bad that uh, you cannot get back up that that's never going to happen so you just have to do it mm, very well put yeah like enjoy. especially the yeah enjoy. especially the part where you say you just do it like i i tend to overthink a lot so and once you start doing something you tend to realize the problems that you will face and then you just go and solve them and then you find something new completely and then you pursue that uh, but if you just keep on thinking about it you'll never find the problem or the new thing that you want to do exactly yeah. doing it um, i mean even i have to uh, 
apply to myself a lot uh, i'm not there but yeah doing it is the key like taking those decisions really quickly that and the second thing is relationships uh, which i forgot completely like that communication and the relationship building that's uh, this, i mean obviously you have to start doing it and then that thing comes but that's one of the single most important skill like not your technical skill not your how much money you have in the business uh, if you can maintain those relationship if you can keep your ego aside and just make sure everybody's happy you are making everyone happy uh, making your clients keeping your clients happy and build that long term relationship uh, then your business is going to be successful no matter what like if you have strong relationship there's no nothing which can come uh, between your business like especially like situation like this coronavirus businesses which don't have a strong relationship are going to fail for sure because they don't trust you but if you have a strong relationship they let you like okay yeah ek saal baad de dena ya 6 mahine baad de dena paisa ya fir if you you know thoda service mein thoda problem hoga to they'll understand like they're like family to you so that is very important too so what are your uh, near future plans uh, any side project that you're working on you're excited about uh like i said i have that long list of ideas right uh i don't i there's not enough time and discipline uh discipline is the second uh, right now i'm just like trying to keep everything alive juggling everything um i have a few ideas which i'm going to be working on and hopefully uh they should help a lot of students uh, like in in understanding the end goal like the problem with the current education system is like you don't see the end like you are in this bubble you're doing all these things but everything is in the bubble like the real world is out there and you don't have a faintest idea what's out there what you guys are doing is exactly that right like you're trying to show them what the actual world is like so that you prepare yourself accordingly and uh, on similar lines like i i want to somehow uh, have a place where you can actually get to know once you know what your end goal is like once you know uh, like all like you say like once you're at the end of it you can look back and things will make sense like you can go back one step at a time and reverse engineer and define your path but if you don't know the end goal then it's very difficult so that's why the goal is to build something where you can actually uh, show the end goal to all the students out there so that they can be better prepared for uh, the real world so and it's still like in the, it's, it's still in the works uh what the platform it's it's going to be a platform uh, where you can actually engage in such things uh like uber like platform but uh, still working out the details uh, but it's going to be exciting but overall I'm, i want to uh, put myself uh, in education system because like i want to be in there i want to grow the name um and uh, that's why i will i will definitely apply a lot of my data science uh, skills um i was also thinking of using data science to predict question papers uh fingers crossed if that works out i'm going to be a rich man <laughs> but uh, i'm um, i've asked people to tag uh, the questions and all of that uh, so uh, again like not the right discipline if i had the right discipline i would have done it by now but that's something which i want to do like how can i use data science to improve education so that's definitely going to be on the top of my mind and the overall bringing data science to india mumbai it's going to be another big thing in near future wow all oh, that's amazing um how have your classes like been affected because of the pandemic uh people are not paying money so that's one big problem 
um they want like uh, our customer base is uh, middle class lower middle class so they don't have money to pay or uh, they have a good reason not to pay right now so that is a big challenge so that cash flow um making sure uh, that blood is running through the veins that's extremely challenging so i'm trying to cut costs wherever possible combining lectures um asking employees to take pay cuts wherever possible uh, asking rent people to take pay cuts wherever possible so that relationship thing comes uh handy here not it doesn't work everywhere but wherever it's working like i'm surviving every month so taking month by month basis in terms of education uh we made sure that it's not getting affected at all so our lectures are going fine uh students are getting education very well if there's a network problem we cannot do much about it but other than we have set a good framework around zoom so it's working very well like we're taking online exams and everything like there's supervisors sitting looking at all the student videos and all of that so that is going very well uh, students are learning overall good feedback but uh, like new admission they are not we are not getting that so it is going to take a toll i just don't know how big of a toll it's going to take so exciting right so how do you uh, how do you manage uncertainty you know like uh, you, you you said uh, you don't know what's going to happen do you have uh, some framework or some some process to manage uh, those uncertain moments so only thing you can do right now is cost cutting like make sure you uh, slim it so much that you survive two more months compared to like if i would uh, spend at the same amount i would be done by now so i'm trying to do the cost cutting uh, that's one thing you can do and make sure i'm providing the maximum service like cover as much area as possible so like if a student cannot pay i have two things i can either i mean that's the thing right the parent is like i cannot pay um, it's okay you can say my kid to not sit in lectures starting tomorrow and that's the thing which you don't want to do so like i am i cannot i cannot be the tough guy and like okay no kal se mat baithna waisa so then i decided okay whatever happens as long as i'm you know surviving and i mean i know i'm pretty confident that i'll get through this but still kitna impact hoga overall year financials pe kitna impact hoga negative hoga ya nahi hoga those are the things i'm uncertain about i know that i'm going to survive like this year's going to pass next year's going to be great but i am make sure i'm leaving a good mark that during this time my tutorials provided education to everybody no matter what whether they had cash or not doesn't matter like we were there for them and hopefully that's going to get us customers in future uh, also like uh, what is your uh, take on the current generation i mean there is a very good mix of like people who are extremely focused and kind of know what they want and then we have this tiktok generation and i think a lot of people are sailing between the two so like how how is your interpretation of the current people who are taking up education and like where do you see them go i see yeah you're right about this tiktok generation and uh, people want everything easy now like it's they just gotten used to easy so much like ye difficult hoga ye karunga to difficult hoga people are the classes are shutting down uh, science classes are shutting down because people are not taking science like big big coaching institutes are shutting down so like last year the results were difficult so people didn't take science at all and uh, it's so much dependent on your score and the difficulty level people are definitely getting softer uh, nowadays like students and that's something which i want to change like I, i'm talking to these students and like i was doing a session today and i was talking to them is like difficult hoga i'm like difficult hoga obviously difficult hoga like i'm not going to say ki easy hoga but you have to like if you're interested in that you have to do it you have to put in the hard work 
बिकॉज आगे जाके क्या होगा यू नेवर नो लाइक पीपल माइट बी डूइंग जस्ट मीनियल जॉब्स Like if you don't learn now, if you don't put in the hard work, obviously you're not smart enough. You won't be skilled enough to do uh, jobs which require high skills or hard work. Like the worst thing is not the skill is not the worst part. The worst part is not getting used to the hard working, uh, that capability, right? If you don't have that, then you cannot learn that. Like as you grow older, that actually diminishes that skill. So I'm actually very concerned, and I hope that I can make some impact. Uh, in this position because like i have a lot of students which i can in, uh, leave an impact on right uh, but yeah I, i talk to students i see their faces and they just want an easy way out which is uh, horrifying but at the same time you're right like there's still those people who are like yes i'm going to be focused i'm going to study but those are the people who's like you know i have people like single mother and she's trying everything to make sure uh, the girl is going through education like she's getting the education so that they can make a good living like i have parents like that also and the other kind is also there who is just like uh, doing stuff playing pubg all day or instagramming or tiktoking uh, whatever i i actually people i talk to they don't use tiktok that much because every time i bring up tiktok in one of the sessions they just laugh is like no sir we don't do that we are instagram people i'm like okay cool Cool, cool. <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 not it's not a good sign. But uh, I guess for every generation, they always. I mean, our parents had problem with us. We have problem with them. Uh, I have a reason to believe that. I mean, it's bad. But we'll see. Um, life is a roller coaster. Whatever, anything can happen, right? there is like uh, intersection between education and TikTok. Maybe like ultra short form. Uh, snippets of uh, some formulas or something like uh, a way to use tiktok to educate uh, generation because it's uh, it, it is difficult to hold their attention for a long period of time yeah so absolutely oh i think yeah. that's happening there is there is like this very famous math professor with like million subscribers who teaches math on tiktok yeah. and like some oh. more others like this yeah so i mean there yeah. are these kinds also <laughs> yeah one of my friends he is a um, what do you call he's a professor he does he teaches cs students or something he has 5000 followers i follow him as well he does live sessions on instagram every night and then he sends like memes out and then every day he's posting three posts one will be educational one will be like educational memes and then one will be some weird question in a fun way and then every night he does live session so like they are doing like they are using technology in a way Yeah, it's called the generation of instant gratification for a reason, right? Like we get food when, like, we can just order food whenever we want. We can skip shows. We can watch whatever we want at whatever time. And now, like when we were watching TV, we had to wait, right? Okay, Friday को दस बजे सी आईडी आएगा तो दस बजे ही आएगा. You can't watch it before that. Uh, right. But going back to your story, so like when you hear stories from parents and uh, other students, like does it have a psychological impact? uh like you you personally feel that all your students have to perform at a level like does it impact you in any way uh, parents when they talk so parent and students they have a big communication gap and that's one thing uh which we do and a lot of other people do like bridging that communication like parents don't understand their uh children at all especially i mean and you cannot expect them to understand like it's like it's uh, somehow there was a generation uh like there is a big gap like all this it it would never make sense if it, tiktok doesn't make sense to us forget about it making sense to our parents right so all these parents they're coming like ye khel raha hai ye pubg khelta hai pura time and it's it's instant grat- gratification for those kids right so they 
know that they're happy there. So it's very obvious for them to do it. It's very unobvious for parents to understand that. Like if parents would understand that, okay, it makes sense. This happens. And then somehow uh, have, you know, get into that zone, get into that, resonate with them and then make them understand they cannot do that. Parents don't have that kind of patience. So a lot of people will come to me. is like, what do I do? This is a whatever. So I'm like, and then I talk to the kid. It's like, I mean, okay, do it. But, you know, start with this also a little bit. Because I've seen both worlds. So I need to make sure that I'm communicating with them. So sometimes, uh, most of the time it will work, uh, teaching uh, kids that way. But, uh, I mean, a lot of times it's like they're gone. Like they're too far uh, ahead. And I mean, we cannot do a lot like Newton said, if I have seen the future, it is by standing on shoulders of the giants. We bring to you these giants in the life of our guests. Our next segment is Top 3, a curated list of top 3 recommendations from our guests. The top 3 books that you would recommend and uh, if there is any specific book that you have gifted the most. So the book which I have gifted or recommended a lot is uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad. I really liked, uh, like, anybody who wants to go into business, it uh, puts that thing very well. So I would definitely recommend that. Uh, I'm a big fan of Steve Jobs. I have, uh, I mean, not as a person, but uh, as his work and what he did. Uh, I mean, I've seen all his documentaries and uh, his movies. Like, he's got what? four or five movies built on his life. So I've seen all of them though. Uh, so, and then I read his, uh, I read the book after actually, and there's still so much to learn from that book as well. So I would definitely recommend that Steve Jobs one. And uh, this last one, uh, my wife introduced this book to me, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. I feel like like uh, that person wrote, wrote that book for me and it's very individual. Somehow it's very individual to everyone. Like the stories he's written in that, I mean, it's it's a quick read, but you have to come back to it again and again. Like you can read one chapter and you get a lot out of it. Like you don't have to read multiple chapters. You can just read, read one and it'll just tell you so much. So that I would definitely recommend. And it's, it's a quick read. Uh, but you want to buy that book. You don't want to uh, borrow it. You want to buy the subtle art of not giving a fuck for sure. Uh, cool. We'll move to the next question. Amanda, what are your favorite three top movies and TV shows? Uh, I really like Game of Thrones, but Game of Thrones minus one because they <laughs> they extract skip their the soul last. out of the whole. Please, no. I mean, last even if you skip the last episode, it would I would still watch it again. But I mean, I was such a big fan, and I mean, they did a really good job of screwing it up. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I want to give them credit; like they did good jobs. It sometimes it just doesn't work. But hard luck for that. So I, so Game of Thrones, I highly recommend that. Then uh, Breaking Bad, man, that show is uh, uh, another big one. The director, I mean, I, Atir, have you seen Breaking Bad? Yeah, yeah we just, uh, re- uh, Komen hasn't watched it, so we, we are currently watching it. We just finished it last I mean, Yeah. I was thinking of it, I'm like, you are the kind of person who would enjoy, like, the way he's shooting, the way he starts, like... I mean, I just want to compile first 15 seconds of Breaking Bad in a video. Like, that would be viral, for sure. Like, that would go viral. If I can compile first 15 seconds of every Breaking Bad episode, there's so much creativity in that. The transitions and everything, I really love that. Um, The first season is a little boring, but it catches up very well. 
and when you see, I this ye meri family have you seen that? Any of you? No. 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 Okay. I so uh, so this show is largely based on uh, like a Rajasthan family, like Rajasthan school days. Uh, so. I'm not sure if you guys will relate that much, but I would highly recommend it. It's not it should only take a small amount of time, but it's really good. Like I could relate to it a lot, and it's fun, like lightweight. I really like that one as well. Oh, it's on TVF. I just saw. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll add it to my list. It's on Netflix also, actually. Okay. Uh, yeah. So next uh, question is: uh, do, do you listen to podcasts? Oh yeah. Yeah. Do you like podcasts way better than reading? You can do it uh, anytime, right? Awesome. So, do you have any uh, three recommendations for podcasts? Yeah, the first one would be What the Hat. It's a new one. It's really good. Um, you should go for that one. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, this. Uh, uh, so, I don't subscribe to a lot of podcasts. I have like five, six on my list. Um, so, a friend recommended me this, the Learning Leader Show. like he saw that okay i really like leadership is like you should subscribe to that so the learning leader show is really good uh, listen to that uh, masters of scale by reed hoffman that's another good one especially like he's talking about all the stories of different startups and not just startups all the big companies and uh, recently uh, uh, started listening to joe rogan show as well uh, some of them i really uh, it takes a lot of time of your day but like if you're doing something you can just you know listen to it in the background so he's just got different perspective altogether and i wanted to see what that perspective is and uh, some i can relate to some i don't but still uh, it's a good one for people to actually uh, listen to okay so mandos what are your top 3 investments that you've made monetary or non monetary any joining analytics is obviously one um, investment um, I think it was it was a good decision, uh, both monetarily as well. Otherwise, uh, it's a, I mean it's one of the best company with amazing culture. Uh, I have not worked at other places, but everything I know about culture is because of analytics, and obviously I helped build it as well. So really proud of that, and monetarily as well, like uh, being part of the startup. So that's one good decision. I think I hope I took that good decision. I still don't know yet. that's one i i mean i invest in stock here and there um long term mostly uh but nothing really big yeah and overall obviously your education like going to the us and all of that that was one good decision i took for myself unlike the name we are dwelling deep into our guests thought process rapid fire is our next segment where our guests will answer some quirky some weird but mostly fun questions okay so uh, if you could invite three people for dinner and have a chat with them they could be living or dead who would they be and why um i would invite uh, steve jobs i would invite i would invite elon musk and then uh, third would be i would invite yash actually he would be fun yash mehta <laughs> Yeah, yes, Mehta. <laughs> it would be fun to have, like, especially with those guys in the room. I would actually also invite my roommate uh, Pramod. Uh, so the roommate I was talking about earlier from Storybook, who asked a lot of questions and has got different perspective, like Shaya. Yeah. yeah, I would invite Pramod as well. Like, he's gonna be fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, to talk to. Okay. Uh, next question. 
if you could wake up with one new quality or ability what would it be that i know like i just want uh, myself to be just doing it i think i have the skills it's just about having the discipline and just working at my full potential if i can do that to myself i mean i think it will be really good for me and others as well just working at my full potential not being lazy not been like you know be disciplined um uh, and just chugging every single day and i know that that would give me happiness as well as just <laughs> not able to do it as of yet at my full potential uh the next question can you name one technology that you are excited about and that you think will forever change our future mm. this uh, neuralink thing uh, elon musk which it's working on i mean that is going to be amazing i mean i cannot wait for that it's going to take a while but overall just you know communicating directly and uh, just somebody's understanding you completely that device optimizing yourself that is going to be uh, i'm really excited for that i was like i'm reading encyclopedia now right because i wanted to learn about like uh, this roman empire and how was that and I, i mean i'm very curious like how things work in that era like i mean every day what was the thing and i cannot imagine like in last 20 five uh 30 years so much has happened i've seen so much what will happen in next 50 years my god it will be it's crazy things will change so much so i'm really excited for the future holds yeah you you think like we'll progress at the same rate that we did in the past 20 30 years yeah i think so there will be some setbacks uh, like slap in the face just uh, what we're seeing right now but i think we'll pick pick up from where we started or will wipe out then there won't be any problem anywhere right? and you said you read, you are read, you are reading about roman empire why are you just curious just curious like how um, i mean i'm very suspicious like okay, did everything happen or no so, so that's why i was reading like you know why happen or no what does that mean like i mean mahabharat and ramayana And, and i mean people like nowadays something happened across the street and you'll hear a different perspective so uh think about something which is like thousands of years old <laughs> what would have happened and what people wrote and how it has evolved so i just wanted to see like what it's what was out there um out of curiosity i i, I think I, this is something i even i question a lot like did that really happen did it happen that way because there nowadays there are so many uh, perspectives from which these insights are coming like beat from see i mean for ramayan beat from sita's or beat from valmiki's and then like very different point of views uh, where the same person is evil and good from a different perspective so it it just you it's curious whether it actually happened that way or it is just put out to us in a different manner right yeah. exactly i mean i know that mahabharata didn't happen the way it says it did because <laughs> i mean when i'm reading about history there are few fundamental like do i mean these are the six things uh, which you go by what are like people cannot fly by themselves just you know just flying or uh, i mean they cannot all these different things right which has happened in uh, these stories but i mean it's one hell of a game of thrones which happened back in the day right <laughs> mahabharata So Mandor I have been on a similar path as you have been researching a lot about Greek philosophy Roman empire the Ramayana Mahabharata so for Ramayana Mahabharata I have two theories and like I read about it on online like online as well one being uh, Valmiki Vedvyas they were brilliant uh, writers right 
so they made mm-hmm. the whole story to impart their lessons and they made it in a way like which says the whole story uh and explains what they have to teach their students so that was one theory and the second one being uh, you know the chinese whisper game right like where something mm-hmm. happened and then mm-hmm. as it moves towards like through generations it gets exaggerated or some things change and all that so like ramayan mahabharat like approximately happened around 4 5000 bc and then they were written 300 400 years after that or right. wait i'm getting yeah so like in that time might be that things got exaggerated so those cities and ram setu and things like that those exist but then uh it is very exaggerated form the story that we hear these days so those were the two theories i came across yeah i don't wow. see a lot of archaeology and uh, scriptures related to these like i mean when i'm reading about roman empire i mean uh, the greek empire the pyramids and all of that i mean they have bodies they have yeah. it's buried along with them uh, so that's why i'm exploring like maybe something like that exists for mahabharat and ramayana i just need to know Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, your first theory sounds like Valmiki is J.K. Rowling of current times, and it can be right. <laughs> exactly. And the, like the way Or people George argue is, yeah, yeah, and the way people argue, even I get this argument that hey, Ram Setu exists, but Ram Setu exists does not mean that Rama and ex- like Ram existed, right? Uh, Chetan Bhagat writes stories in Varanasi, so Varanasi as a city exists, but his characters don't exist. Those are fiction. So right. like, so that. like it sounds valid i feel if you had a super power that you will never have to restock one thing from your fridge ever again what would that thing be like you can have unlimited supply of it and i think in quarantine you will definitely have one answer to it <laughs> well if it was in us i would say beer but uh, here uh, <laughs> i would say what do i want from the fridge maybe cold pizza that Would be fun, you know, fresh cold pizza, always present. <laughs> I, I, so cold pizza is like it's hot pizza with cold cheese on it, right? I've I've seen those videos. It's it's that, right? Oh no, I'm just saying like you buy a pizza <laughs> when it's either overnight <laughs> oh, and you just like eat it the other <laughs> oh, day, or okay. after some time. I actually like it. I'm if really? it's in the fridge, I just eat it uh, directly. Yeah, I like it cold and hot for sure. Oh, okay, yeah. so. I saw this video on YouTube. So there is something called cold pizza, which is, uh, which is like they heat up the pizza in the oven and then once they remove it, they put cold cheese on it, like a lot of cold cheese, mm. and then you eat it. So, so the whole like the way it was invented, invented was, uh, people got drunk and they like it was some college town and people got drunk and they were burning the roof of their mouth. So in order to avoid that, because of the cold oh, cheese wow. on top of it, they did not burn their mouth. <laughs> nice, nice. See the kind of problem our generation is solving. <laughs> <laughs> the top of the mouth. <laughs> okay. Cool. Uh, last question and rapid fire. Uh, your favorite purchase that you have made under hundred dollars or five thousand rupees? The coffee, the espresso machine. I have. That's. Uh, I mean, I had one more thing which I don't have right now. Otherwise, I would say that. So you've seen those uh, handles which you can put on your bed and you can put an iPad on it, and you're basically sleeping and you can hang your iPad on top of you. Have yeah. you seen any of that? Like it's the uh, I don't know what you called it. Uh, so you can just plug it uh, on the edge of your bed anywhere, 
and then your ipad is like you're basically sleeping and your ipad is right there in front of your face i uh, always wanted like i wanted a in a big apartment a projected version kind of that but obviously that's not happening so there i bought that so you can just watch it and go to sleep uh, you don't uh, have to worry about ipad falling and all of that so that was i really like that i i cannot put it here uh, in mumbai right now so yeah i don't use that uh, the other thing was the espresso machine which i'm using um, i always wanted to buy one then ruchi recommended me this one and it's nice like it's i think it's 2500 bucks which is like surprisingly good for that amount of money our next segment is called not the onion presenting four news articles that are mind blowingly ridiculous that they could have been written by the onion a satirical news company however one is a fake article created by us you have to guess which one is not the onion okay article 1 brazil government aid says covid-19 toll on elderly will reduce pension deficit as country's outbreak escalates when coronavirus pandemic began brazil's health minister had been swift to advise that cruises be cancelled large gatherings prohibited and people returning from overseas go into isolation but since then brazil president has fired two health ministers it it's good that deaths are con- concentrated among the old that will improve our economic performance as it will reduce our pension deficit said the government official second article people are accidentally throwing out their stimulus payments because they look like junk mail some americans may be unwittingly throwing their long awaited stimulus stimulus payments in the trash that's because starting last week the treasury department and the irs started sending out economic impact payments in regular white envelopes that could be confused for junk mail while some people have already received their payments as direct deposits or paper checks in the mail almost 4 million people including those for whom the agency does not have bank accounts on file will be getting the stimulus payments in the form of prepaid debit cards the only problem is that the debit card comes in envelope that say money network card holder services and do not bear any federal markings uh, the third one mainland china restaurant in mumbai faces protests a chain of restaurants in mumbai by the name of mainland china faced online backlash over the past couple of weeks after the coronavirus outbreak in india anjan chatterjee the owner of mainland china said i've been receiving threats from people asking to shut down the restaurant some have requested to change the name and remove china from it i've also received online petition from people to rename some of the chinese dishes on the menu to be more indian mainland china has been operational in mumbai since 1995 and currently taking takeaway on online orders due to the restriction and fourth news article train carrying migrants from maharashtra to up ends up in odisha railways claim planned diversion uh, hundreds of migrant laborers stuck without work and wages in mumbai would have felt relief as they finally managed to board a train to return to their rural homes in uttar pradesh but they woke up uh, the next morning ready to go home and put their ordeal behind them they found themselves not in their intended destination of gorakhpur in up but nearly 750 kilometers away in orissa angry and confused when they asked why this had happened they said they were informed by officials present 
where that the train driver had lost his way because of some mix up uh so those were the four news article first being brazil government and like economic welfare second being uh, people throwing stimulus payments third uh, mainland china and fourth train carrying migrants being diverted so mandot which one do you think is the fake one i'm confused between first and fourth one and uh, i'll go with fourth one fourth okay mm. so train carrying migrants okay uh, heloni yeah <laughs> even i think i would go with the fourth one Mm, okay. How do you lose your way in a train? <laughs> anyway, anyway. <laughs> and then Atit. Yeah, fourth one. Fourth one. Okay, all four, all three of you are wrong. <laughs> the mainland China was a fake one. Uh, the train actually happened. <laughs> They ended up in Orissa instead of UP. Uh, so. <laughs> My God. and then there was a backlash from congress and they were like what are you like how did this happen and then the minister for bjp was like this was planned we were going to divert it anyway and then the passengers were like why did no one tell us so <laughs> that was very weird uh, mainland china made it up yeah and brazil was for you tapan yeah how do, how are you sure the mainland china didn't happen what because i googled <laughs> it and i made it up from scratch ಸೊಸ್ಟ್ಸ್ Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, maybe after everything opens up, it might happen sometime. I don't know. But I, I read an article. So the inspiration behind mainland article was uh, I read an article. So on Instagram, there is this page called Dhakkan Chronicles, which it's like a parody account of Dhakkan Chronicles. And like on that, there was this article that they made up, which was UP Prime Minister Adi Yoginath. He wants to. renamed triple sage one rice to deen dayal something rice <laughs> so I, like from that i was like okay let's rename mainland china or something like that so that's how i made it up <laughs> oh man yeah uh this was like a very fun conversation thank you so much chirag for joining us on the show uh the insights from your uh, activities in college to choosing data science and the kind of work that you do in that field and then moving to education sector and the overall inspiring stories that you have shared with us i think they were fabulous and it was so much fun interacting with you thank you and it was a pleasure yeah thank you so much guys what you're doing is amazing and i wish you all the success uh, i want this to become something uh, really big that's about it folks we will be back next week with another guest and another story we would love to hear your thoughts about the episode feel free to reach out to us on instagram twitter or facebook you can just search what the had podcast also subscribe to us on spotify apple podcast castbox youtube or wherever you get your podcast from so you never miss out on the next episode 
This is Hiloni, Atit, and Tapan signing off. And this was what we had.